Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize and remediation. Are. Thanks everybody for joining us impact. here for a new Learn more at pentera.io. Always love when uh, you set the layout of the screen and it changes it up on you, right? Technology for you. Expected to do something and it does something completely different. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we we might touch on that a little bit today <laughs> with respect to privacy. Uh, today's topic is around privacy and regulation and uh, how to how to make the most of what we know and kind of work through the things that we may not know uh, with respect to the laws that are in place, the laws that are forming, and uh, all the standards and technologies that come along. With those things. Um, as everybody knows, I know very little about uh, many things, and uh, that's why I have amazing guests join me and I have uh, Maria Devanzo De and Lyndon Marquez uh, joining me today to talk about privacy. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And you are muted, Lyndon. You, did, you didn't accept oh, the... Uh, the the the, uh, the cookie to participate. <laughs> <laughs> we can hear you now. <laughs> yeah, I, well, thank you for having us. Uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So, privacy is something that we we talk quite a bit about um, on this channel, redefining cybersecurity. And as as folks know, uh, the whole point of this show is to help practitioners and security leaders make the most of of uh, the challenges they face and finding solutions to uh, to help the business succeed uh, without crippling it uh, because of all the controls and policies that they put in place usually. Uh, so before we get into this topic, though, I want uh, a few moments from each of you to kind of share with our audience who you are and what you've been up to. So Maria, we'll start uh, with you. Sure. Thank you, Sean. So uh, yeah, I'm Maria Devonzo, and I am currently the Chief Evangelist Officer at Treliant, we are an e-learning uh, training uh, online training provider in the uh, compliance, privacy, and HR space. 
and I joined them about seven months ago. Prior to that, I was the chief uh, privacy officer and chief ethics and compliance officer at Cushman and Wakefield for 10 years, and, uh, and I put in place the compliance and privacy programs at uh, Cushman, and I worked very closely with our chief information security officer. So, uh, John, on that experience today, I'm sure we'll have uh, some interesting stuff to talk about. Absolutely. The, the questions are already starting to form. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is Lyndon Marquez, and I'm currently with uh, Life Extension. And I've been with Life Extension for uh, for several months, uh, working uh, primarily uh, in, in the legal department, but working closely with our privacy officer. Um, before that, I was with uh, Hilton Grand Vacations, uh, and then before that, uh, with uh, Wyndham uh, Destinations. Uh, and in those, uh, in my roles there, uh, senior counsel um, and uh, compliance officer. Uh, I, I did a lot of work with the uh, developing our, our programs for compliance and uh, and privacy. With Hilton Grand Vacations uh, in particular, I you know really delved into uh, privacy. I was with them uh, from you know 2017 until recently, and uh, really this was a kind of a critical time, uh, just because this is when GDPR um, enforcement uh, of GDPR uh, got underway, as well as CCPA, and and really preparing for that and compliance. With with, with that law. I love it. And so many things here now uh, yeah. to go on. So I don't know, when I, when I think about a certain topic, I tend to kind of hone in on uh, certain areas. And I don't know, I may, I may be having built applications in the past, I may be more prone to look at things from an application perspective. So B to C and, and B to uh, B2P, bit of business to partner, kind of apps that let let people interact with the business. Um, but both of you have experience um, looking at users, perhaps, that are also physically in a building, either an office building or perhaps a, a, a destination resort. And I'm wondering how organizations need to look at users from a broad perspective, not just users through an app, not just users on the website, uh, but users that perhaps come and go in and out of the building. And some of those users may be employees and, and contractors that are there to do HVAC work <laughs> or, to, or to feed the fish at uh, a famous uh, resort in, in Las Vegas. So I don't know who wants to tackle this first. Maybe Maria, if you want to kind of go out. How do you see organizations and, and security leaders We'll just call it security leaders for now. We'll get into some of the nuances of the roles from a privacy perspective. But how do how do organizations look at the different types of users when when privacy comes into the conversation? Yeah, sure. So um, you do have to consider uh, the various types of users, and in the in the commercial real estate services world that I had come from. Um, it wasn't just employees and it wasn't just uh, folks that are coming onto our properties to help, you know, with the HVAC and whatnot. We also managed properties for clients. And so we sometimes had to be concerned about, you know, 
our employees that were going to the client's locations and perhaps using the client's equipment, client's laptops or the client's cell phones and what have you. And so it became somewhat complicated for us, uh, for me and for our chief information security officer when we were considering you know, all of those different groups and all of their different concerns. Um, but you know, as you're, as you're thinking of using new software, new applications, um, that was absolutely part of the of the you know equation when we were determining what were the right you know safety protocols, the right privacy provisions and agreements, et cetera. So um, yeah, for us it was interesting. And you know, my experience is a little bit different than Lyndon's also with respect to um, the type of data that we worried about, right? So so for us at Cushman at the you know in the commercial services world, we didn't have consumer data. Really, it was it was mostly B two B data, but we did worry about employee data, which I think overlaps with Lennon. But um, so it was the types of data, and there's also the types of users of our applications that you know made it somewhat interesting for us um, in in our programs. Yeah, because I'm I'm picturing somebody not just with a wrench and some Freon fixing uh, the air conditioner, <laughs> but, but there are there are people that security guards and cleaning crews, and I know uh, I want to kind of kind of lean toward maybe some some of the aspects of smart buildings uh, where there are cards to check in and, and sensors with with perhaps phones and other devices to, yeah. to prove that you're at a certain location at a certain time. Right. Yeah, that, you're making me all, think of biometrics. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. As I was as I was uh, leaving, you know, Christian to come here, they were they were challenged with the biometrics because, you know, entering the buildings now was with, you know, with the fingerprint or the facial recognition, which really, really complicated complicated everything even further if you can believe so Lyndon, same same to you your your thoughts on this yeah really the uh as maria said uh, you know overlap in particular with uh with, with employees and, and the type of data uh that she dealt with at cushman and, and my experience with uh, in the hospitality industry um but really we did deal with primarily a lot of consumer uh data uh, as you can imagine uh, and, and really the companies uh, I worked with uh, really in the timeshare space of, of, uh, of hospitality, uh, as well as, you know, the rentals, as you would imagine, like with, uh, with a hotel uh, type operation. Uh, so we, you know, we really had to look at, at data and, and really uh, look at uh, how we handle it as, you know, we've got, uh, we've got members here, whether they, you know, whether they're owners of, uh, timeshare, or whether uh, whether they are uh, you know kind of the the uh, the the customer who uh, wants to rent something for just a week, but they don't own with this. And so um, you know, there's a lot of data uh, and and uh, consumer data, and in particular when we're dealing with with members and and owners of timeshare, because uh, we see the those owners as you know they're lifelong as we're as far as we're concerned. You know they. They are part of our, our, our club, and um, and so the data that we collect may be, uh, you know, much much broader than than what we collect from um, from customers who come and just rent for for a weekend, uh, for example. And uh, but at the end of the day, we do treat the all the data uh, the same. We uh, we really want to treat uh, the, the data with with kid gloves, just. Uh, I, I always think about myself or my family and, and, you know, we provide data. If we want, we are, are staying at a hotel, we go on vacation, we provide data 
you know, whether it's for transportation, uh, hotels, uh, whether it is uh, airplane, airlines and so forth. And, uh, you know, the way we approach it is, hey, you know, how would you want your data to be treated? And that really is kind of the approach we try to keep uh, top of mind as we um, went through our operations. And I like that, I like that you went there with that, because it's another another question I have in my mind, which is, how do you, how do you approach the, the world of privacy? I know security has been around forever, right? Not really, but, <laughs> but it's been around longer than perhaps a, a formal privacy role has, or maybe not. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but I'm, I have a background in security, so everything for me looks like, a policy creates a control that we then align with some some uh, standards and frameworks that we can then kind of get a big picture of here's how we look here's our posture how how much of that did you uh, did you lean on do you lean on to kind of get a similar picture for privacy or do or do you approach it like like you were describing Lyndon from purely from the user perspective what they would expect uh, from you to protect their data and do you, do you approach it from that way and then and then come back to it and say, well, these are the controls and policies for that. And they, they either do or don't align with everything else we're doing in the business. Uh, in a sense, that's that's how it is. I think really, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, especially when, when we're talking about, you know, a lot of the uh, regulation that has come out, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we, we like to point to GDPR kind of this is, you know, it was just really such a, a major uh, milestone, especially in the U.S. Uh, in, in Europe in particular, they are uh, miles ahead of us or, or decades ahead, however you want to say it, uh, and how they, uh, what, how they uh, believe uh, privacy and handling of data uh, should be done uh, is very different than, you know, philosophically than, than we have here in the U.S. Uh, and, um, you know, Probably the, the way the way we've always done it is looked at. Okay, we've got GDPR um, that that came online, um, and uh, you know we've got to um, you know we know that we have all this data already. We collected all this data. We know that we want to you know do the right thing by uh, by our customers and by our by our members. Uh, but we also have to run a business. So let's let's weigh this out. Let's see what the regulations say. And GDPR kind of. Uh, in a way, helped us to focus and and kind of say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and you know, GDPR may may seem like overkill uh, in the U.S., especially back in in you know 2017, 2018 timeframe. It seemed like uh, this is really there's a lot of uh, prescriptive uh, requirements here. Uh, but you know, we we tried to uh, kind of base it on what GDPR required. Uh, and kind of saw, okay, here's where we are, here's where our business is, how we have been handling uh, and how we've looked at data, personal data. And this is what the requirements are now. Let's try to marry this and also uh, keep in mind that, hey, we're trying to run a business here and you know we have to make sure that we don't uh, handcuff ourselves uh, to the extent that uh, you know we're not doing what, uh, what our organization was created to do, which is to uh, uh, it, which is as a business enterprise. So um, I know that's kind of uh, going around um, a long way in saying that we do take that all into account and uh, GDPR and now with things like CCPA, uh, CPRA and the state legislation that's coming around, 
um, it's giving us uh, a chance to focus more and more and uh, trying to see, okay, how are we going to um, balance our business needs uh, with our um, uh, with, with the, the requirements of these laws? Yeah, you know, I would say that um, at Cushman, it, it was it's probably it was a little different experience than than what Lyndon had in the hospitality space, right? Because of the type of data that, that was collected and whatnot. So I would agree, though, that it was GDPR that you know sort of kicked everybody into gear, so to speak, um, as far as it, it, you know creating a, an understanding that privacy is a, is an absolutely important standalone uh, function within an organization. You know, before GDPR. Uh, at Cushman, uh, privacy was handled by our then chief information security officer, and it was really limited to him dealing with, you know, some of the privacy shield at the time, you know, privacy shield uh, applications and, and and all of that. And and the general counsel pulled me in. I was chief compliance officer, pulled me in to sort of work with him to make sure that, you know, the legal stuff was, was all right. But two things happened at Cushman. Um, one was GDPR came into play. Um, and we were global and, of course, had a European presence and European business. And two was Cushman Republic. And so when those two things happened around the same time, they were like, oh, wait, we need somebody who like this is their, you know, they really are looking after this. And we're putting a program in place to, to your point, Sean. Right. So it, it the CISO was like, well, I can't I'm not doing that. Like I have all this other security stuff to do. Right. So who's going to do it? Well. I had put the compliance program in place. I mean, really, literally from from zero, from scratch. And we talked about it. And it was much like what you said, Sean. It's the same sort of thing, right? You have policies, procedures, controls, you know, frameworks. You, you, you know, you, you, you put those in place. And then you go back and you audit and you make sure it's all working and all of that. And so, so the natural place for it to fall was with me. And so it did. And um, and so, you know, I was I had GDPR to sort of guide me and I had great outside counsel that I worked with. But in addition to that approach, we did also have to worry about, you know, sort of the, the data piece of it, the users, you know, what does the business want to accomplish here? I remember many heated conversations with the business, myself and the CEO, like, what are these guys thinking? Like, we can't do that. Right. You know, uh, we had a client, global publicly traded client who had uh, uh, health centers and fitness centers on their property that we managed. And the client wanted us just to take that over, right? You know, applications to to be in the gym and and you know, writing down health history and you know, credit card information. And we were like, no, you know, we don't want that, right? We're not PCI compliant, we're not HIPAA compliant, right? Um, and so we had to figure out a way to, you know, sort of make everybody happy. And we found a happy compromise and we were able to get comfortable moving forward. But yeah, I mean, all of that is um is absolutely part of putting in place an appropriate uh, privacy program that works. But to your point, you know, cybersecurity and, and that sort of function and role has been around way longer than privacy, especially in most in most um, in most companies and in most industries. Now, if you're American Express, if you're MasterCard, if you're Visa, like you've been struggling with this stuff, you know, probably much longer uh, than the rest of us. But, um, but yeah, that was that was my experience with putting a program in place and how we looked at it. So where are we? Because I I mean, GDPR, what you said, Lynn, in 2017, 2018, something around there. Um, it's kind of it's old news, but still important. Uh, there, there are other things coming. Uh, CCPA, I think other states have things in the works, some past, others coming on the pike. We talked earlier before we started recording that there's a U.S. federal one on the books. How? Where where do we sit? Not not so much just from the regulatory perspective. We'll get there in a moment. But just from a, a mindset, have we 
and we'll say we in the U.S. or maybe global, if you want to take it that far, have we mastered <laughs> GDPR? Are, are we okay there, do you think, generally speaking? Maria? Uh, well, you know, I think it just depends on which company you're talking about, right? So if you have a company that's U.S.-based, to so Lyndon's point, here in the U.S., we just do not think about data protection and data privacy the same way they do over in, in Europe. Um, I think we'll probably get there, uh, you know, with all the data breaches that you're hearing about regularly, um, the new the, the new laws in the U.S. But I'm not uh, my my feeling is that that mindset is not necessarily there. I will tell you that in my experience um, on the on the training provider side, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to see that our uh, our trainings in the data privacy, data security uh, space are, you know, are growing. So, you know, that's some proof to me that, you know, we're moving in that in that direction, certainly. But it was such a um, it was it was such part of the DNA and the culture over there in Europe that it's going to take us a little bit of time here in the U.S., I think, to to get to where they are over there. Lyndon, would you agree with that? Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think we're getting there. But, uh, you know, in, in Europe, it was something th this was something top of mind for them. It was uh, a fundamental right uh, for the most part is how they looked at it. Uh, right. And we, we just don't in the U.S. We just have never thought of it uh, uh, data, personal data and personal information that way. So it'll take a while for us to uh, uh, to get there. I think we're heading in that direction, and especially I, I think what, uh, what what helps out in getting everybody on board is you know when when you see these large uh, uh, these large settlement agreements uh, for people for people, you know large companies who violated uh, GDPR, um, you know that that really opens people's eyes. Uh, not to mention um, something that really when I was at HGB, uh, all these all the data breaches and and the consequences of, of data breaches uh th that really got uh got our senior leaders and and the board uh the board's attention is like wait a minute what's our risk here how you know uh how exposed are we here and uh you know what can we do about it so um you know i i think we're, we're gonna get there it's just a, a matter of longer because it's a it's a shift in mindset uh of americans with regards to privacy and uh and as uh you know as the whole issue you know situation with data breaches continues to uh to to spiral as well as you know on the privacy side the privacy laws uh from states that uh, you know continue to to uh evolve and uh, get put on the books in, in more and more states i i think I, I think we're going to get there. Uh, it's just going to take longer. Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting that you should mention about the board, uh, Lyndon, because, you know, I used to report to the board when I was at mm -hmm. Cushman on a quarterly basis and for all 10 years that I was there. And it wasn't until like the last three years that I was there that our CISO actually had the opportunity to come in and to talk to the board about, you know, what his program looked like, what he was doing. Um, and that, you know, that was interesting. Um, and it, he did so at the request of the board, right? They were like, wait, we want to hear from, you know, where's Eric? Like, we want to hear from him. What is he doing? Right. And, <laughs> and so that's, you know, that's really, you know, interesting. And, and I think, you know, we've talked about data privacy uh, legislation in the States and yes, absolutely. That's true. But the other thing that's happening in the, in, you know, maybe in the background is 
um, that the SEC is, you know, uh, uh, proposing uh, that companies, publicly traded companies, have to make disclosures re with regard to their cyber security incidents, right? Within, I think, some ridiculously short period of time. I think it might be 10 days, if I'm remembering correctly. And, you know, if that actually happens, that is going to, um, you know, propel the U.S. forward in, in the area of both, I think, security and necessarily privacy, because frankly, they, they go hand in hand. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes and uh, what the impact of that would be. So all of these things, and I mean, you, you both of you kind of pointed to large organizations. Um, the the organizations you were part of are no no, no small company, <laughs> and Lyndon used the the term hand hand uh, cuffing, the yeah <laughs> the, uh, the, the the company with this stuff. And I'm just wondering. So as I was asking, where are we? I'm just part of my thought process was. We're probably not to your both your points. We're not there yet, right? Nothing's perfect. We have a long way to go. Um, and if you're a small company, I mean, your whole world is getting your product or service to market and, and delighting your customers and getting renewals. Who cares about security and privacy, right? So how and and if you do, um, investments in that area take away from new features, take away from hiring staff that might. Uh, might help customers be more more happy and successful. So how do how do you see those conversations going, or how did those conversations go for you, talking to executive leadership and the board when you had those opportunities to say, this is important. Here's how we here's how we measure what our risk is. Here's how we measure the value of addressing that risk to the company. I guess, do you, do you look at it from a risk perspective? Did, did you end up there? Have you ended up there? Yeah, you definitely have to look at it from a risk perspective, right? And if you're a smaller company, um, it's there's a cha there's challenges, but there are certainly things you can do, right? Like at the, the the end of the day, you have to know, you know, where your data is, what kind of data are you collecting? You know, you know where does it sit? How is it protected? Uh, you know, do you keep it longer than you really need to? Um, you know, all those good things. And there's ways to do that you know, without having to be super, super, you know, fancy about it and spend a lot of money on it. Uh, you have to have appropriate contracts and provisions with your vendors, right? And, and you know, the, the point is you have to, as a business owner, whether it's small or large, you have to, you have to think about these issues because to Lyndon's point, you know, you read the paper and it's, you know, it's hard to open up a newspaper and not read about some sort of data breach or another. And, you know, I have to tell you, because I wore both the compliance hat and the privacy hat, my experience was it was easier. <laughs> it was easier, believe it or not, to get funding and resources and support for the privacy side of things than it was the compliance side. And the main reason for that is something that Lyndon raised earlier is we can all relate to it as individuals with data of our own. And so if you put it to the to the CEO or the board chair or whomever, hey, would you like your social security number and your banking information to like, you know, they can relate to that. Whereas when I was in compliance, I was, you know, I was talking about things that people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're, you're being silly. Um, but you can make it personal, right. And, <laughs> and, and talk about the personal risk. And once they think about it that way, then they're like, Oh, Hey, yeah. So. Lyndon storytelling. I, I love this. Um, yeah. The relevant value of, of storytelling. Uh, the, uh, 
it's uh, th that's pretty interesting. You, you mentioned that, uh, Maria, because uh, you know I've had uh, many instances where uh, whether it's the you know our, our head of IT or our you know chief operating officer, they'll they'll, they'll you know shoot me an email and say, hey, I was contacted by you know so and so company, and they said they got my information from this place, and you know so they you know for them you know they they understand it from you know being a consumer being a, a user that uh you know it's upsetting when you start you know you start getting calls or emails or you get start uh getting bugged uh by a company and you're wondering how did they get my information you know they you know and and at times you know they'll they'll ask hey where'd you get my information and they'll say uh, yeah, we got it. You participated in some kind of promotion and we got your information from there. And, you know, it kind of opens eyes. They're like, did I agree that my information could be shared for other purposes? You know, things like that. And uh, and it kind of helps when you're trying to, uh, you know, trying to um, develop policies or, or, or really update or revise your policies around, uh, uh, around uh, the handling of data. Um, and it, it also serves well. I mean, we, we work a lot with uh, very closely with uh, our marketing teams as well. And uh, really, it's a matter of just really just having that conversation and, and making educating them on, uh, you know, that the data, you know, try to, you know, data minimization, for example, you know, if you don't need, you know, their, you know, their mother's uh, uh, maiden name and, and your the, their their oldest son's date of birth. You know why are you collecting it? For example, you know yeah, you know get gather the the data that you need and let them know you're gathering it uh, these, these uh, pieces of uh, information for a particular reason and don't go beyond that because you're exposing the company and even though you may not uh, you know have any ill intent, uh, what if there's a, a a data breach of some kind and now we have that data in uh, in our database that gets breached, and now that information's out there. So um, it, it's a good way to start that conversation, continue that conversation with, for example, our marketing teams. Yeah, speaking of collaboration, we collaborated with uh, mm -hmm. with HR quite a bit, right? And at, towards the end of my tenure at Cushman, one of the challenges that we were we were wrestling with with the HR team was, you know, our DEI initiatives, especially in Europe, right? Where they would, they wanted to send around employee surveys to collect all types of DEI data. I mean, you could imagine, you know, uh, you know sexual orientation and, you know, and the like. And, you know, it was like, wait, wait, uh, you know, I, I would say, do you really, I mean, do we really need to know that? Like, do we have, do we have an obligation to report on it? If we have a regulatory obligation to report on it as part of our, you know, DEI reporting, then okay, we can have that conversation. But if you just start asking these questions so that you can, you know, generate some nice marketing materials about, you know, statistics, eh, not so fast, right? So, so <laughs> it was, that was that was a challenge. Uh, but again, required to your point, Lyndon, collaboration with that group because they don't, you know, they don't necessarily think about the privacy aspects of what they're doing. And so we tried in the GDPR fashion to, uh, you know, implement privacy by design. And it was like, as yes. you're doing this, you know, as you're doing this, you need to think about the privacy the privacy ramifications of it. So I don't want to get too too deep in that one specific example where anybody is put on the spot, but I mean, when, when I'm having conversations on this show, I often end up to a point where I say it, it, it's often technology rooted. I used, why did you set up the cloud that way? And 
and expose that port with that service to put yourself at risk? Why, why did you do that in the first place? Um, why did you set up that machine that requires that it's patched four times a month? <laughs> right? Versus a different one that, that doesn't need to be. So a lot of my conversations are like that. But when I look at privacy and data, it's the same, same idea. Um, to your point, Maria, what, don't collect the data. Don't store the data if you don't need to. Um, but in your, your example, um, this isn't necessarily a product being built or, or a new database being set up in Salesforce. This is, this is something that HR or marketing probably spun up. And I guess my, the point I'm trying to get to is who oversees that? <laughs> what, some, somehow you got alerted to it, right? Presumably before something uh, took place. But so take the, take the realities aside, maybe to, from both of you, share, share some examples of things that could happen and how you actually kind of monitor these rogue, I'll say rogue uh, scenarios from, from putting the company at risk. I'll tell you that, you know, sometimes you just find out by accident, Sean. I mean, you know, I don't know, Linda, what your experience was, but, you know, you, you absolutely, you know, the way that that uh, my experiences were, is, you know, either I would hear of something in the course of my uh, operation as a chief compliance officer, right, and, and being part of the board and listening to board conversations, um, and then I'd bring it to my privacy team in the CISO, and I'd say, hey, you know, Eric, did you know that, you know, or it'd be the other way around. He would hear something. And, and then come to me and then either from a compliance perspective or a privacy perspective, we would, I would send a note and say, hey, can we just chat about this, right? Sometimes it was that they reached out to us, you know, it just depended who within the organization uh, with whom we were dealing, they would know that, you know, our approach was privacy by design in post GDPR world, which is a requirement. And so they would loop us in. But honestly, sometimes you would just, you know, you'd sort of find out by accident. Most of the time we found out before, it got too far down the road, um, you know, because if it got too far down the road, then, you know, especially if it was a business initiative, you know, from, from you know, a commercial initiative from the business teams, um, that became a little bit challenging. Um, I can't really think of an, an example where that I could probably even one that I could talk about, but I can't think of an example that um, where it went so far that, you know, I'd look back and say, how come, you know, you put something in that we'd have to patch four times a month and the privacy equivalent of that, right? Um, but yeah, you know, in reality, it was, you know, sometimes I'd hear about it by accident. Landon, how about you? <laughs> That's, I, I think that is probably how we hear about uh, probably <laughs> at least 70% of, uh, of these types of situations where, uh, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're working on a, a particular project uh, or let's say, a, uh, let's say it's a marketing initiative where, uh, you know, they, they, they've got this great plan, whether it's a, we're going to launch the sweepstakes and, um, all they got to do is, you know, provide, uh, you know, this type, of, you know, these pieces of information uh, to to enter, and and it's like, okay, well, um, you know, <laughs> why why didn't we know about this earlier? It's usually <laughs> uh, later on that you find out about this, um, and, and in some cases, look, some of these cases, some cases, it's still very primitive, a primitive type of uh, a marketing initiative where it's like, okay, we could. <laughs> we could pull back on that, which is what you you hope for. That if you do catch something like that, that it's something that you uh, could roll back uh, fairly easy. Um, there, there. Uh, so that really was the bulk of how we find out about these things. 
Um, I do think it's really important uh, building that relationship uh, for a compliance team and privacy teams to be able to build that relationship with the the, the business teams, whether you know it, whether it's marketing or sales or uh, even HR, uh, just the various teams, um, and having you know you know it's having that uh, that uh, you know the communication and the relationship to where. Um, you know, maybe the first three times, you know, they didn't think about asking you about whether, you know, what information uh, can I collect? But over time, as you build that relationship, you're going to be top of mind. They'll be like, oh, I do remember now that, you know, let me run this by um, by our compliance team or privacy team and see if this is OK. And that is I think that's, you know, kind of that, that, that's where we need to get is an organizations need to get to is to where. Um, you know, you can uh, have that relationship and, you know, legal or, or compliance is not going to be the last stop before, you know, launch day tomorrow. You know, it's going to be something to think about early on um, and you can weigh in early on and kind of make sure we're, we're going down the right track and not have to uh, spend uh, a ton of money trying to fix something that could have been caught earlier. I'm I'm very afraid to introduce acronyms because we have many many of them or, or birds words, <laughs> but uh, all I can think about again I'm, I'm I having built apps in the past all I can think about is engineering and development and the DevOps process where you have developers <laughs> and operations and those two come together and something beautiful happens and then we insert security <laughs> and <it becomes> DevSecOps <laughs> and everybody gets pissed off. Um, do do we need something like that? for privacy, for HR privops. That's where I was getting scared to, to introduce something new, but do we need, do we need a, a more formal privacy or piece that gets, gets plugged into programs that aren't just apps, but programs that other business teams run? Lindy, do you want me to, or do you want to? I, I could start off, and obviously, Maria, you could add on to it. Uh, I, I think it's it's important. I, I, I think that's not uh, a bad idea. In fact, I think it's a good idea overall. But I, I think it's something where, in the processes, like uh, you know, like whether, like uh, on the in a legal department, where where there's the contract um, uh, process, uh, or or in IT, uh, or or you know, information security when they review uh, contracts or initiatives. I, I think privacy needs to be a part of that. Um, I, I think sometimes they, you know, they do think about information security at some point uh, in the process, but I, I think privacy needs to have uh, a seat at the table or they need to be part of that that checklist of, of uh, you know, teams that, you know, need to be coordinated with before you press on to the next step. Um, of a uh, of a project, so yeah, I, I think that uh, it makes sense to include privacy uh, and compliance in that. Yeah, it would be part of the governance process, right? Um, yeah, that, that gets put into place. But to to your point earlier, Linda, I think you're right. Once you um, you know have created those relationships with whomever you know in the organization, the business, HR, uh, you know, sales. Um, in my case, I'm telling you, it was a CISO. He and I were like a team that we just you know that the you couldn't get past us if it, one of us learned about it. It was a he would he would call me and vice versa. But once you develop those partnerships, um, then it naturally you're naturally brought into that governance process. Just a matter of time. Maria, talk talk to me about the the broader view of this. So not not just the the business 
leaders. Um, but the, every user and every, I don't know if you want to go to every partner, <laughs> there may be too much, but, but kind of the, the idea that it's a mindset, Lyndon kind of alluded to it earlier, that two or three times they didn't think about it, the third, fourth and fifth time it's in their mind, right? Um, that happens somehow. It can happen by finding out 70% of the time that it shouldn't have happened and we fix it, or you can be a little more proactive and, and kind of help spread the, the, the mindset, the culture, if you will, build a culture, right. That, that has privacy in mind, even if the processes aren't completely formal, at least people are thinking and acting a certain way. Yeah. We did that with, uh, when I was a Cushman, we did that with the contracting process, for example. Right. So, you know, uh, we would have, uh, agreements, uh, master services agreements with some of our larger, more global, uh, customers and those agreements would contain, you know, DPAs, you know, data processing agreements and, you know, standard clauses from the GDPR. And, um, you know, we worked with our the legal team because they were not responsible for privacy. It was it was my team. I mean, I'm a lawyer, but our legal team straight up who did the contracting wasn't. And so, you know, they knew that um, that they had to send those agreements over to me to review, you know, those sections, right, or to my, you know, some of the people on my privacy team. Um, you know, and, and, and that was a matter of, you know, just communication. And as GDPR came out, I mean, that, that, um, that was part of our GDPR program, right? It was like, okay, so now we have this process that has to happen where Devonzo and her team have to review, you know, and there's a list of all those, whatever the, the clauses and stuff were. And frankly, the legal team was happy to throw it over the fence, right? Because they were like, we're not experts in this, you know? <laughs> we don't care about, you know, we want to, we're going to talk about the, the commercial terms and indemnities and all that other good stuff. But, um, so, so, uh, so, and then once you get the word out to the transactional lawyers, right, then they really are, were, were instrumental in explaining it to the, to the business guys, right? Because sometimes just because the business guys would be like, why is this taking so long, right? And they, they need a privacy review. And sometimes the privacy uh, provisions were so, you know, complicated um, or were onerous at the request of the customer that I would go to outside counsel. And, you know, I'd say, listen, you know, I had a go-to guy who was great, commercially reasonable and all that good stuff. And um, so then the business teams understood that they had to loop in legal early because legal had to loop in privacy and it would just slow everything down if they, you know, if they didn't do that. And so, you know, more broadly, you know, that word got out in the organization that, you know, we have this group and their responsibility is, you know, is for privacy. Um, and so, you know, that was sort of how, you know, how we did it. At a, at a broader level. So we're, we're coming up on uh, near the end here, sadly. Um, this but, has been uh, fun. I know, super fun. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what I want to do is maybe break, break out the crystal ball, right? Each of us grab a crystal ball. <laughs> and uh, you, you touched on the SEC uh, breach notification. It's kind of a a uh, monkey wrench in the works for, for some folks, perhaps. Are there things coming regula regulation-wise, um, notification-wise, I don't know if other notification, penalty-wise, legal-wise, I don't know, whatever. Is there anything on the horizon, you think, known or unknown, that uh, privacy leaders should really start to think about? Lyndon, you have your crystal ball handy? <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm juggling the ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that, and again, I this is something I've got to get smart on uh, and really dig into. But 
the world of AI is is upon us, and that is an area that's going to continue to grow. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of traps out there uh, from a privacy uh, and data protection uh, perspective that uh, you know we've got to to really take it seriously and and really start uh, you know start delving into it and understanding okay um, how is this going to affect uh, how we operate. Um, how will it affect how we, uh, you know, collect and, and, and manage our, our the data that we collect uh, from our consumers? And uh, I, I think that is kind of where there's going to be. I, I think that's kind of where the big story will will likely be uh, over the next uh, uh, five years, if not uh, even further out uh, as well. Will it, will it help bring consistency and kind of level set things, or is it just going to screw everything up you think <laughs> uh, i i guess and you know i, I wish i could uh, I, I wish i i had a, a good answer for that my guess is it'll slow it may slow things down a little bit um in, in terms of you know pro progressing and uh especially in the u.s with regards to uh the various laws uh state laws uh with regards to a federal uh privacy law it may slow things down because uh you know if the uh, legislators are, are, you know, uh, thoughtful in what they're doing or, you know, looking ahead, uh, they'll realize that, hey, you know, let's not just roll something out that uh, for the sake of, uh, of getting uh, something out there and, and getting a vote from voters that I did something for privacy and stuff like that. Uh, and, and really think about, uh, you know, let's build something that could be adjusted and uh, uh, to, to what the future may bring uh, in the privacy and data protection uh, realm to come yeah i'm not so sure we're going to see a federal law you know anytime soon right i think mm -hmm. with all these state pr proposed bills you know in addition to the five that are already there i think to your point sean the inconsistencies are probably just going to continue um yeah. and and uh it will just depend you know on what state you're in and, and you know what kind of program and obviously the response to that from a business perspective and linda you and i talked about this uh, just like with GDPR, it's like you're gonna have to put a program in that it, you know, just rises to the highest level, right? So if it's CCPR, you know, or, or CCPA, whatever, that's the the most stringent. No matter what state you're in, you're gonna have to your whole program is gonna have to look like that. But I would agree that you know AI is is um, it's super interesting. I think it raises all kinds of risk issues, uh, you know, beyond privacy, frankly. Yeah that people aren't even thinking about. You know, I read an article the other day about, you know, the, uh, the potential disclosure of, you know, material non-public information through people putting stuff into this AI chatbot to get, you know, letters issued or articles written or what have you. And they're not thinking, people, users are not thinking of the implications of, you know, what they're doing. Um, and I think you're right, Lyndon, privacy is certainly one of the red flags that will come from it. And I would agree, you know, if these uh, these lawmakers are being thoughtful, that they'll, you know, slow down and say, hey, wait, we need to consider all of this. But, you know, uh, being a bit cynical, I'm not so sure we're going to see that happen either because politicians are politicians and they want votes. And so they may just come out with a law that that will have to be amended later on. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how AI, you know, it has it has an effect on privacy. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful it can be used to kind of tamp things down a bit, but uh, I can also see it just taking off. Uh, in in just the even the simple chatbot example, where yeah, customers yeah. are sending sensitive information they shouldn't <laughs> because they feel comfortable chatting with the bot, right? And employees responding with 
Oh yeah, or maybe they using they use the chat bot to craft their response <laughs> and their description. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Right. Um, so there's right. all those scenarios. Super, super interesting. Um, we could probably have another whole conversation just on that. Um, for now, I think we have our hands full with just regulations and uh, kind of getting our, our head wrapped around all those differences. And to your point, we we didn't get too deep into it, but kind of just the, the, set the high water mark, uh, as you yeah. kind of alluded to there, Maria. Where, where's the where's the mark you need to reach? or the most stringent and kind of work from there. Um, yeah, I think it, get, it can get super complex if you try to save money and go lower yeah. <laughs> or you don't need to or, or, or cordon off uh, systems that, that don't need to follow the same rules. But uh, if you're having those thoughts, that's a good start in my opinion. <laughs> if you're not doing anything because it seems too hard, that, that's kind of not the right path. AI or not, have the thought at least and have the conversations with your with your executive leadership team and the board if, if they're open to it. And uh, yeah, with each other, like we're doing here, Maria and Lyndon, uh, thank you so much for coming together and having this conversation and uh, for sharing your thoughts and insights with our audience here. Any, any final thoughts? No, just thank you so much for the opportunity to come here and, uh, and to chat with you and talk about privacy. It's such an important um, area and, you know, great to have it, uh, the conversation in the context, you know, your context of cybersecurity um, and, and with the audience that you have, because, you know, I, I know I've said it a lot, but I think it's a super important partnership, privacy and cybersecurity. So it's really great to have the opportunity to speak to your audience. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean, for, for this opportunity to really talk about it's an important uh, topic. And, you know, everybody is, is really looking around trying to find out what, what do other people think about this or that. And it's nice to have this conversation as well as, you know, a lot of the your, your other podcasts uh, have been really helpful. And I think uh, hopefully this will be helpful as well. Everybody has a question. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully some of them get uh, get answered. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. There'll be uh, links to Maria Linden's uh, profiles and uh, any resources either of you want to share to help uh, people continue to learn after they listen to this or watch this. That'd be great. And uh, those will be in the show notes, whatever you provide. And uh, keep, uh, keep on keeping on with security and privacy, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at pentera.io. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open-source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. 
We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.